be such good friends. Could tell each other anything. Guess it helped that we weren't really each other's types. Then one day, out of nowhere, you said, But I didn't hear you, so I was like, What? You said, Forget about would be, forget about would be, let's make this happen, through the share, forget about friendship, forget about love, even attraction, something in the world. And you the wood forget about Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Nooner Podcast on the Smodco Internet Radio Network. I'm a host. My name is Marty. And I'm here with a very special guest host. It's been a while. It's been since March, I believe. I, I, how am I very special? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> podcast bus that's that, why that makes sense that that completely makes sense i i fully accept that uh morning marty how are you all right everybody it's will wilkins or should i say afternoon because it's nooner it is it is always afternoon somewhere woo uh by right, the way yeah. by the way how many of those nooner intros do you guys have uh i think they're like six and six or seven um but i we don't play the ragtime one anymore I guess I could have played that one. And then there's one that I don't have loaded up in my little machiney thing. Mm -hmm. so, right now it's just five. Um, and uh, yeah, so Cassandra had a, an audition today. And unfortunately, because her school is starting up, um, she is going to be out for the next three months um, for the Tuesday ones. We'll try to do some more weekend ones so that we can... Uh, get her back on the mic because um, that's always a great thing uh, mickey is doing a comedy they have their comedy fest this week uh, which is a big thing at, at flappers and uh, steve krueger is a fucking asshole so always <laughs> see that motherfucker again uh no he had a meeting today so uh but please join us um on the twitter stream that's a lunar podcast there's also the NoonerPodcast.com for a Tumblr stream. Thank you to uh, Tyson and Darren for maintaining that. And then uh, Evans online, Jonah, Tyson, of course. Hi, everybody. Sorry we're a little late. Uh, I was um, I was just uh, trying to gather my thoughts, as it were. Well, I can't imagine why. It's not like a lot of stuff has happened this weekend or anything. No, it, it, it really, uh, uh, yes, I, I'm, we're going to be talking about Charlottesville. We're going to, I want to do it like a deep dive um, because I can do it once without somebody in the room interrupting me for, you know, which is uh, very novel um, though. And I can, oh, I guess you can turn my mic off too. Shit. Yeah, technically uh, you have handicapped yourself today. Technically <laughs> I could. Damn it. Uh, well, okay, but feel free to jump in. But I do want to, uh, I think that sometimes we lose sight of the entire, like, picture because we focus on, like, one, um, like, a single sound bite, like this one right here that, you know, that we heard. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, 
and violence on many sides, on many sides. Like, which just made me so angry. But we'll, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that motherfucker. Uh, so let's take a look back and, and what started this. So the alt-right neo-Nazis organized a protest in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, protesting the removal of a Robert E. Lee statue. They objected to the removal of a treasonous general who helped facilitate the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans in the name of enslaving an entire race. That's what they objected to. I mean, if you so, want to get technical, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you want, if you want to, like, delve into history. Uh, and, you know, you could object to it being put up in the first place. Like, why do we have these reverential reminders celebrating those who fought in the name of racism and enslavement? Like, I'm not saying we should erase them from our past. We should absolutely study them and remember them and point at them as villains. And like in Germany, it's illegal to display any Nazi flags or even to do the Nazi salute. There was an American who got punched in the face and then was arrested. Uh, I don't think he was charged um, for doing a Nazi salute in a in a um, in a bar. And then two Chinese tourists earlier, a couple months ago, were arrested for doing the same thing, and they had to pay a fine. Um, you can do it for, I guess, in historical things or artistic things like movies and stuff. But and obviously. That goes against American free speech laws, but you have to appreciate the spirit. Like, Nazis, bad. Confederates, bad. Anyway, I, I'm digressing. So, okay, a couple thousand white dudes and a couple white dudettes, they assemble in Charlottesville, supposedly to protest the removal of this symbol of the Confederacy. Or, but Well, they describe it as their... their uh... Uh, what is it? White European heritage, something along those terms. Terms. Yeah. Well, uh, they were there basically to protest the decline of the white male in American society. They were saying things like, "Yeah, the, we are the. Uh, it's our white fathers who built this nation." Wait, on on the backs of whom? Um, uh, well, I mean, it depends on on which part you want to talk about. If you want to talk about just the nation itself, that would be on the ba backs of uh, slaves. If you want to talk about the uh, transcontinental railroad, that would be on the backs of Asians. I mean, uh, the very land we took from Native Americans. Which one are you going for here, Marty? I'm, I'm a little confused. I, I, I'm mixing my history. I don't know. Uh, they were chanting things like, Jew will not replace us, like these anti-Semitic slogans. And then blood and soil, referring to this nativist Nazi slogan. And if you really want to think about blood and soil being like, you know, the our blood is more pure or whatever because it, we were born of this soil then hey what about the native americans but yeah exactly and they were carrying tiki torches and wearing khakis and white polos which sounds so moronic it's like this suburban nightmare like soiree you know but it was actually really chilling like there were a lot of them were bearing arms like because open carry laws are are pretty loose in virginia i guess and many were wearing helmets and carrying shields. They were ready for violence. Yeah, there's there's nothing that says uh, peaceful protest like uh, full-on militia gear and khakis and semi-automatic yeah. rifles. Yeah, and it, it it was it was frightening. And I urge everyone to go to YouTube to watch the um, to watch Vice. Uh, you just go to the Vice channel, and then they did like a 22 minute. Um, almost sort of like verite bit of like an embedded journalist 
uh, who she embedded that with the these neo Nazis, and and you know she interviewed David Duke and like they're savage, hateful, and the worst thing is that they're in, they are very determined. Like you know they just came like with arms and and guns and just and and just they were well they were blaming they couldn't accept responsibility for any violence they were uh they said that it was the woman's fault for being run over uh yeah anyhow and so but they're so filled with this rage but why are why like what way they say that they're being oppressed their their whiteness is being oppressed and how many, know, how, I'm sorry. How many days have they lived in white America? I I have never been oppressed. How am I being oppressed in any right. such way? And before you get too scared, this is a couple thousand white idiots. And meanwhile, there are thousands more counter protesters from Antifa who also came wearing riot gear, and which is a little scary. And everybody on either side had pepper spray but then there were the black lives matter people yay and then there were the uva students and just just interested parties came to protest peacefully um and then the internet was also a buzz with the people giving their sharpest 140 character digs and let me read one that um is pretty incredible this is this will be a little bit long and then we can get into deeper discussion this is at julius goat um pretty amazing stuff he says uh, imagine he has a picture of these protesters and he uh, and he says imagine if these people ever faced actual oppression uh, nobody is trying to legislate away their right to marry nobody is trying to make them uh, buy insurance to pay for male health care uh, the law never enslaved their grandparents great grandparents robbed their grandparents imprisoned their parents shot them when unarmed there is no af massive effort at the state and local level to disenfranchise them of the vote there is no history of bad science devoted to proving their intellectual inferiority. There is no travel ban on them because of their religion. There is no danger for them when they carry dangerous weaponry publicly. Their churches were never burned. Their lawns were never decorated with burning crosses. Their ancestors were never hung from trees. Their mothers aren't being torn away by ice troopers and sent away forever. They won't be forced to leave the only country they knew. The president has not set up a hotline to report crime committed at their hands. They are chanting, we are, will not be replaced. Replaced as what? I'll tell you. Replaced as the only voice in public discussions. Placed as the only bodies in public arena. Replaced as the only life that matters. This is white people oppression. We used to be the only voice. Now we hold the only microphone. This is white man oppression. We face criticism now. We're free, we were, were free from it because others feared the consequences. This is oppression of white Christians in the country. Christmas used to be the only holiday acknowledged. Now it's not. I would love to see these people get all the oppression they insisted they receive just for a year, just to see. Give them a world where you actually can't say, you actually can't say Christmas. <laughs> where the, a world where the name Jeff on a resume uh, gets it put in the trash. But that's spelled G-O-F-F. -F, let's be yeah, clear. G-E-O-F-F, -F, yeah. Uh, give them a world where they suddenly get a 20% pay cut and then 70 women every day tell them to smile more. Give them a world where the, their polo shirt makes people nervous so they get kicked off a flight from Pittsburgh to Indianapolis. 
Give them a world where they inherited nothing but a real understanding of what oppression really fucking is. Give them a world where they, if they are pulled up on a campus with torches lit and start throwing hands, the cops would punch their eyes out. Put that in your tiki torches and light it, you sorry Nazi bitches. Fantastic. Just uh, works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Julius Goat, for putting that up. It really uh, puts things in perspective of what what we are what what it is to be American, I guess. And unfortunately, this all culminated in on Saturday when two state troopers were killed in a helicopter crash, and and a counter protester Heather Heyer. Um, was killed and 19 others were hospitalized after a Nazi crashed his car into them. And when the when I played that earlier clip, that was from uh, Sunday, when the president refused to, didn't refuse, he neglected to single out um, the neo-Nazis as the ones who perpetrated uh, th this violence or, or who were responsible for this violence. I, I think the great part of that, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Marty, but the part that I love about Trump's um, speech uh, that was originally given because uh, it, it was kind of like uh, he had prepared remarks, and then it was when he went off book or off script, off the teleprompter, he said the one thing that made it more controversial, which was the many sides, many sides. sides. From many sides. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, it was really s sad and depressing at first, but then... You look around and everyone else from left to right, it, it's non-controversial. You know, it's like, of course you, you condemn neo-Nazis. Of course you point your finger at them, especially when one of them was behind the wheel, like com committing this act of domestic terrorism. Like, which, which, by the way, if it were uh, any other individual, if you heard about a car plowing into... A group of people, which we have. We've heard about it in London. We've heard about it in many other places uh, around the world. And instantly it, it's dubbed an act of terrorism. But in this case, you had a, a and I don't, you know, I, 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 it sounds a bit harsh coming from a white guy, but I'm a white guy behind the wheel uh, who plowed into protesters just because they didn't agree with them. Uh, how is that not attempting to inflict terror? Yeah, it is the definition of terrorism. And I was, it was everyone from Lindsey Graham to to like just dozens of Republicans. Um, I guess I could have looked up a list, but um, um, senators I, I, from all over. <laughs> I don't think you have to, Marty. I think what it all boils down to is that the uh, the the a company that makes tiki torches that are 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 are, are you know sold in many a big box uh, hardware store, they had a stronger message against uh white nationalists neo-nazis or whatever you want to call them uh they had a stronger statement sooner and and much stronger than the president of the united states yeah and 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 he refused to to call it out um by name like the the groups involved until uh yesterday monday and even then it sounded like uh like when a bully is forced to apologize to his victim in like, you know, second grade, like, and he's like, I'm sorry, but he doesn't really mean it. He's like, I've, I've, yes, it, it was like a baby 
not there was no conviction behind it and to the point where neo-nazis today are like celebrating that sort of up like that sort of face of an apology saying yeah well you could see that he didn't really mean it he didn't wasn't behind it at all uh, you know it's it's it, it really is uh and and i'm just i'm i'm looking at this not from the deep dive angle but from the wider angle and um you know there's just lots of well first of all the twitter feed of the president of the united states personal account always is this mystifying thing uh and and in this case he he makes this statement and then immediately uh well not immediately but later on in the same day retweets a Fox News story where he is considering uh, pardoning, uh, I think it's a sheriff in Arizona who had very, yeah, who had very questionable tactics when it came to uh, racial profiling. Well, he was convicted of of illegally racial racially profiling i mean he's exactly going to prison unless the president pardons him and of course now there are people saying god i sound like the president there are people talking people are saying uh but it's true there are there are there's chatter at least amongst the uh, internet and twitter and the like where they're like well that was a silent wink to the to the white nationalists and the like saying you know hey i made that statement it wasn't yeah i mean that, like the fact that he would would talk about pardoning Joe Arpaio this weekend, like of all times is not a, it's a, that's a, a, a hug to the neo-Nazis. That's like saying, Hey, I'm on your side. And you've also got, um, uh, uh, he was, there was a, uh, he has this board of, of shit, um, of CEOs, like it's his business council. Yeah. yeah and- the manufacturing council. Yeah, the, and the CEO of Merck, who happens to be African American, that has no bearing on why anything. But he did resign from that council, and t- Trump immediately called him out before he apologized. Before he he went on, uh, you know, to uh, single out the neo Nazis, he called him out and said uh, that he was he can go back to, um, you know, cheating people with their overpriced drugs, like uh, basically, like he can't. He takes everything personally, and that's well, what his downfall. And but. that that kind of gets into what I was thinking about it, because first of all, it is shocking that he, he can go after the uh, CEO of Merck within 54 minutes, but can't say anything against uh, basically terrorism on American soil. Uh, right. But the other thing, too, is it really just I think it it speaks to the core of who he is, which is, and and I don't think, I, personally, I, I don't feel, I mean, he may be a bigot, uh, but I don't think he is a white nationalist. However, I think what all of this speaks to is just uh, that what he is at his core is an extreme narcissist. Yeah, yeah, uh, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jane just sent in um, this video, or this article about this, poor young guy who is in a parking garage and he just got attacked with poles i like um for no reason just out of nowhere and they broke his wrist he has like staples in his head and uh his friends uh, pulled him to safety but like he was just fucked up and that should get called out all these things need to be called out well and and interesting interestingly enough i people will call it the social justice warriors and it's uh, this is in itself, I think, an entire discussion because you get into um, privacy versus public uh, scrutiny where uh, there is an account 
uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's like uh, something uh, you're you're so racist or something along. Yes, you're racist. Something along those lines. And they've taken to capturing all the images they could from this weekend to identify the individuals involved in that beating or within the rallies and calling them out for their activity. And, and part of the reason is, of course, that, that, that many, I think, Americans are shocked that, um, for lack of a better term, you know, the KKK is willing to go out and, and uh, protest without their hoods. That's how emboldened they feel. Right. Yeah. And, and people should be scared. But uh, but then because of that, that openness, like people are being called out for it. Uh, there was a there's a libertarian hot dog place uh, that's uh, in Berkeley, California. Hot dog. Hot dog. Yes. And uh, it's what's it called? I, I don't know what it's called, but uh, he, this guy, Cole White, uh, was caught on film protesting there. And this place. Uh, oh, it is called Top Dog. Have you been there? I have. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You might have been served by this motherfucker. Um <laughs> You know, Marty, don't mince words. Tell me how you really feel. Uh, Cole <laughs> White is no longer works at Top Dog. The actions supported by Top Dog. We believe in individual freedom and voluntary association for everybody. Um, that is on the sign of their door right now. So they got rid of the white nationalist from their workforce. Why can't Trump do the same? Like... Ah, the big question. Yeah, because that's uh, that's a lot of the political chatter that you're seeing now, because uh, that's what everyone was calling for. Because if you remember, uh, Gorka, a White House advisor, I believe he's officially yeah. called. Yeah, he is uh, just days prior to this rally was saying how, you know, why why are we going on about uh, white nationalists and the like? And and it's like, well, I, I think I may have a good reason why now, Mr. Gorka. So over the weekend, you had a lot of people calling for Gorka to be uh, let go, Jason Miller, Steve Bannon. And that's some of the chatter that's happening now. But then again, we've heard this before. It seems like ever since the, uh, the travel ban went awry in its first iteration, it seems like everyone's been predicting the ouster of Steve Bannon since then. But some are saying this may be the week. What do you think about that? Uh yeah, I th I think he's first of all he's a fraud. Uh, like he's lied about his his publishing past and his uh, supposed. Uh, this is Seb Sebastian Gorka. His su supposed PhD comes from this like uh, dubious uh, Hungarian college. Uh, I I think he's um, he's a dick. First of all, have you ever seen him interviewed? He's a dick. He's one of yeah, these. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so I'm happy to see him go. I, I don't know how much influence he has uh, on things, but um, but between him and then uh, that guy, what's his name, Stephen Miller? No, Jason. Jason Miller. Oh no, it is Stephen Miller. I always want to call him Jason Miller, and I don't know why. Yeah, who's actually from Santa Monica? Like he, there are, are just he has a long paper trail of being. Uh, very much um uh, not a white nationalist but anti-immigration uh very he's like an english only kind of guy and um he's anti yeah very he went to a, like he disavowed his friendships in high school because he didn't want to be friends with latino people you know and like they're 
that sort of person. A piece so, of shit. A piece of shit. And so he's in the White House. And then uh, then you've got what's his name from um, Breitbart. Um, Steve that, Bannon. Yeah. And he's Steve Bannon. Um, he is he called the, the Breitbart News the uh, what is it like the birthplace of the alt right. Mm-hmm. So and he's on record for being anti-Semitic and um, or at least his, that's what his ex-wife said. Uh, yeah, the, the, this is where this is. Do we want those people that close to the president? Well, and I and I personally, I think Steve Bannon is probably of all those people mentioned. I think he is probably the most at risk. Uh, somehow, I think Gorka comes off as a, a strong personality in the news. He carry and I'm just saying how he he carries himself. I'm not talking up uh, this guy at all, but you know he at least carries himself in a way that I would imagine the president likes when you see him in the media. It's the same exact story for Miller, but Steve Bannon is a very behind the scenes guy. So I think he is one of the people that they could definitely afford to lose. Um I just lost like 20 seconds of that. It's okay. It's it, I got it okay. all. Okay. <laughs> uh, what I was just um, saying though is basically Steve Bannon is a, a behind the scenes piece of shit that they could probably easily flush. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I guess they all are because the other thing about Trump is he doesn't like anybody to have more attention than him. So I guess the more attention we bring to these people, maybe the more they'll he'll he'll want to get rid of them. But it, it does appear that he is um, he feels some affiliation, whether not maybe not ideological, but like some loyalty towards these neo Nazis because they helped get him in office that he won't. Uh, be more strident in his uh, his condemnation of them. It's it's just I, I don't I don't understand it at all. Like I don't understand how people like where you see people on, and this is my fault for watching these stupid news shows. But they will go on and defend him, uh, Trump, just blindly, and it. I just feel like there there's nothing. These people are just have sold their soul. I, I have to say that the only thing I can watch now is basically like your the local news. That's all I can watch because if I try to turn to any of the news channels, whether it's MSNBC, CNN, okay, Fox News, whatever, sure, maybe. Uh, well, they, you know, and I mean, it's non-controversial. Nazis bad. I, I know, I understand, but uh, I just, I can't stand the, the talking headness that goes on on these channels now because it is more about ratings. That's on me. I, I need to stop watching that shit. Uh, but uh, so anyhow, it is heartening to see everybody except for uh, Trump and his three lackeys. What was that? Um, being anti. Oh, restart required. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you windows we're only broadcasting no big deal <laughs> um so we should be heartened that that people are unified against uh, against this hatred but at the same time this protest gives uh, i guess um gives strength succor to the the closeted white nationalists who are all around the country they're not huge in numbers but we're talking you know, in a, a country of 300 and whatever million that's going to be tens of thousands of people so this weekend 
there will there are nine uh, protests uh, that are scheduled that will be happening everywhere from Mountain View to Boston to um, Berkeley to uh, places in the South. I, I don't have the whole list. Oh, see, um, Atlanta, Austin, Boston, L.A., New York. And uh, this is in support of James Damore, who was fired at uh, Google for his um, sort of sexist manifesto that he oh. posted. Yeah. So, and again, this, it's in his name, but it will be in, in spirit for just this whole white national thing. Well, and, but, and the, the thing that you mentioned about that closet is, uh, I think that's one of the severe detriments of the internet. And that is that it gives everyone a home and it gives everyone a community. So you may have people that may have had mild uh, if that's possible, wild uh, white nationalist uh, beliefs or standings, but then they're able to f go online and find communities and share their ideas and their thoughts, and that starts a rolling snowball down a hill. Yeah, and when you see, like, um, when you see, like, oh my god, like, my ideas can can be realized, like, my ideas to be disruptive or to like, shit can happen, like, um. One one thing, like the woman who died, um, she would do is she would ask. She was there to ask people why they were protesting, you know, and she was trying to engage with them, which is a great good thing to do. That's like I, you know, let's exchange ideas. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you why your ideas are shit. Um, but I think that's a, a good thing to do. And and then I saw a clip of of this one. It wasn't from this protest. It was another, um, what. Um, alt-right protest they uh, this guy had had stripped off his nazi gear and was trying to blend in with uh with the counter protesters and somebody caught him and he's like you know what i just i just like it's fun to me to cause trouble basically and i think that is th there are people who just want to be anti uh anti-establishment anti uh politically correct anti what and so they will go out there just to just to cause problems and, well, and that is and, the goal. yeah and that's something that happens a lot here in my backyard of uh, berkeley not really my backyard but you know near me uh it, and it happens all the time and it's one of those things that definitely does not help the situation uh and that is that e even if you have these people that are uh out uh ha having an organized demonstration against something you don't believe in that doesn't give I, I they're referred to as anti-fascists but you know they're also I, I just think of them as professional anarchists they're just, they just want to go out and pardon my language but fuck shit up oh and and uh, and there are people on uh, uh, as who I think that's a lot of the reason why people are part of antifa and and black lives matter because they they're angry they're they're rageful and and it's kind of fun to to burn something down to break a window like if you've ever thrown a rock through a window it's really satisfying yeah you but, know? Th but then the problem is that they then uh in a way help support the arguments that occur from like that particular alt-right side because they you know they they have a they can't get their message out and they're being quote-unquote oppressed because these uh antifa 
uh, organizers will come out to uh, to uh, disrupt their quote unquote peaceful demonstration where you know they're carrying uh, basically closet poles as flag poles because you know you don't that's what you need for a flag not for safety right 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 um so if you're in any of those cities this weekend uh be safe but i totally support you if you want to uh protest against them i'm i need to check because i will i am actually going to mountain view this uh tomorrow morning and so i might be up there then but then there's protests down in la so i might be part of that here um Michael says, I hope that they take lots of pictures of participants and share those so they get fired. Also, you know, uh, as much as that would be satisfying, I also want to know who these, like, if anybody I know is, is a, uh, a white nationalist, because I don't want to be, I don't want to do business with them. I don't want to see them. I don't want to engage with them at all. Well, what's interesting, somebody did tweet us uh, that said, question, what does being a libertarian have to do with hot dogs? Was a, that was Jane. I was going to ask you that. So that that's uh, Top Dog in Berkeley. Um, so it's just a politically minded uh, hot dog stand. That I have no idea. I have no idea about their political affiliation whatsoever. But it does it does raise an interesting point. We do live in a country of free speech. So right. technically speaking, uh, people do have a right to go out and and demonstrate and have their voice heard. So is and that's why I said this was kind of a double sided coin because is it fair for a business to let go of an employee? Because he was there demonstrating. He wasn't the guy behind the wheel mowing people down. Uh, to the best of our knowledge, he wasn't one of the people that we've seen attacking other people. So is it fair for him to be let go because of his uh, political or, well, racist beliefs? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are like you if you are top dog and you your brand means something. And when you're like, oh, there's Cole out there uh, from Top Dog. Oh, I didn't know he was a white nationalist. Oh, I don't want to go to Top Dog anymore. Well, and I think major corporations do have these type of uh, uh, like policies, you know, in a, in a way. Uh, what are they called in the entertainment business when you have to adhere to certain standards in uh, your contract? Oh, um, I don't know. Code. Yeah, sure. Contract. Yeah. Okay. What is it? Yeah. Uh, 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 something clause. Um, conduct clause, I don't morality know. clause, that type of thing. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, right, right. So, like, yeah, if you're a Disney star, then like, if, um, yeah, like yeah, Jake and, Paul. And my point is, uh, some major corporations. Well, first of all, major corporations, all of them will have a social media policy now. So, in other words, like, let's say I worked for uh, what's a major corporation? Let's say I worked for Microsoft. I couldn't go on to uh, my social media and expound or speak to the detriment of Microsoft. And and in many ways, I think uh, it, it it this could kind of fall within that realm. It's like, well, this person's particular views don't align with our business, so we feel it's best to part ways. One thing that's definitely on their side is the fact that California is an at-will state, so uh, they definitely have the right to hire and fire whoever they want. Yeah, and with, like, respect to James Damore, like the, the guy at Google who was, who was fired for his... Uh, manifesto he uh I, I think google might be in i mean there is some legal standing to him being wrongly dismissed because his manifesto as ill-formed as it was uh 
Do you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, definitely. You're you're talking about the uh, the very sexist memo, right? Yeah, yeah. If you didn't li- listen last week, this guy sent out this memo saying that women are not as uh, they're they because of their genetics, they're not emotionally equipped uh, to be as um, as good coders, or, or then they, there's a reason that we don't see them in high executive positions in corporations because they're uh blah 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 but so he released that internally that was not sent out as a statement you know like if you put it if he had blogged about it then they could say you know what that's not the sort of thing we want associated with uh with google but because he released it internally uh and somebody else i i don't i mean maybe he leaked i don't know but it somehow got out um and that's why um he because he only intended it as a, an internal discussion that um might be protected i still don't want to work with that guy well um, yeah i think that i think that's completely understandable uh you know because it's it's not a, a view that you particularly share yeah um and darren makes the very good point that freedom of speech does not equal freedom from consequences that's true yes. that that's the uh that's the you can't yell bomb in an airport you can't yell fire in a theater kind of thing and and you know i think the even though it was way way late uh at least trump did make the point in his uh comment that uh the this type of of bigotry and hatred has no place in our country right and, and so uh, that kind of falls in line with this and, you know it's just a, a, a i just like to throw f- uh, certain food bits up for thought it's just kind of like well is it right to out these people but at the same time if you are in a public demonstration then uh you got to realize you're public you're you're out there you're going to be photographed you're going to be pictured and i think you should stand by your convictions you know if if you think that like my ideas are so toxic i can't be show myself in public then shut the fuck up then rethink your ideas you know well case in point you know we're we're sitting here discussing this topic relatively certain and comfortable with the fact that you know we're not exactly going to be we're not catering to nor are we going to be listened to by the alt-right right that's true <laughs> uh but i don't i don't care they can think what they want about me well I mean, that's the beauty we have living in california though and that's the other thing too that uh that kind of came out of this that the one thing that i saw a lot on my timeline uh go figure a lot of uh uh very um uh left uh not left wing, but left leaning uh, people in my my timeline on on Twitter. But, you know, a lot of people talking about how they're shocked that they're seeing this in, in their America. But then again, um, I think people need to realize that that those of us in major population areas, this is the way politics skews. Uh, you're going to have much more of a, a liberal presence in major cities. And when you get out from them, things begin to transition. So folks, I don't mean to to alarm you, but uh, this is going on in your America. The only thing is that it was just blatantly obvious this weekend. Right. No, that that's true. And that's why I'm like Heather Heyer, like I'm grateful to people like that who try to engage. And I think one thing is we talk about how um, you know, someone like Dick Cheney, he is progressive when it comes to LGBT rights because his daughter's a lesbian. One of his daughters is. And that sort of um, exposure breeds empathy. And so if you're in a very 
um, a, a very sort of uh, insulated area where you're only exposed to people who look like you and think like you, then you're you're not going to have um, sort of uh, an expanded um, vision of what what your what your world should be like. Your world, you you want to be white or black or or you know Asian or whatever. You just want it to reflect that. But if you're living in a big city and you're exposed to multi um, cultural experiences, you're going to have a, a a bigger view of things, which is weird that Steve Bannon, who spent a lot of time in uh, LA and uh, Stephen Miller, who's from Santa Monica, would be so close-minded like that. But I guess, uh, but by and large, you know, that's that's what happens. That's how we become more uh, intellectually um, uh, open. And I think the internet provides some of that. And in, the internet provides a bigger community, but at the same time, the internet also gives a way for nut jobs to find other nut jobs. Mm-hmm. So, as well net- as uh, as as we've seen now, it allows for the rapid dissemination of of um, propaganda as well. Right, right. <laughs> so, but the net effect I think is good, and it just requires some um, good stewardship and and awareness. Um, and are you hearing that? Nope. Okay, good. Uh, so, one good thing that came out of this is that at, in Durham, there was a uh, there were protesters in response on Monday. This is yesterday. They tore down a Confederate statue, and and it's really exciting to see. They like tied a rope to this thing, this uh, the, around the the head of this statue, and pulled it down like it was like right out of The Simpsons, you know. And then it just came crushing down, and and. I have no problem with that. I think that is that is civil disobedience. That is, um, uh, well, yeah. I, I yeah. Think see, I'm now okay. you're now you're into the same realm where I am. It's like, well, I'm not supporting a Confederate symbol. I'm never going to do that. However, there is an appropriate due process for these things. You're you're right. You're right. But I, I think that there has to. I mean, there's so much rage and and. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it because I don't think it should have been erected in the first place. Like, it's just a symbol of, of racism, you know. And well, you could and, say, and, and and that's the side that I, I do fall on as well. I don't think there's no way you can tell me that uh, there there is definitely a way to, I think, hold on to the elements of the uh, Confederacy and to preserve your heritage without hanging on to the symbols uh, of hate, if you will, okay? Um, because when it came right down to it, the Civil War was all about uh, people that wanted to the uh, um, the end of slavery, and then there were people that did not, and it divided a nation. Um, and, and when it comes down to it, that means you're, it was all about oppressing one group of people, which is not a good thing. Yeah, uh, and to... to- give some perspective like you know we we talk about um our forefathers having you know the the intention of the constitution all men are created equal well that didn't include black people who were three-fifths uh a, a person and women did not have the vote they were considered property so like we have and that's where the alt-right wants to get back to they want a well, racial purity and they part of that is also they want the subjugation of women you know 
that I mean, Ann Coulter talks about that all the time. And, and the weird thing is that I think that uh, um, I, I think for the longest time, a lot of us just would paraphrase that, that, you know, it was basically angry old white men. And now we're discovering it's just angry white men, period. It, it, age doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And it gets back to that whole oppression thing of, of like, see, see how you like it when you don't always get your way. And and this is a little bit circuitous, but like that's what happened yesterday in the Taylor Swift trial. Like, I don't know if you were following that, but, you know, she got her uh, a couple of years ago or in 2013. She was at a meet and greet and uh, a radio DJ like groped her while they were taking a picture. And then he was fired. She tried to sue him uh, or he tried to sue her for because uh, she said something about it. Mm-hmm. And he tried to sue her for a million dollars, did not get. Uh, justice and um, she sued him for a dollar uh, and one and one thing that she says is that she's like I realized that I oh so anyhow so you know, basically she's like you, know, you can't get away with that and it happens all the time right like women they don't want to say anything because they don't want to lose their job. They don't want to cause problems. They don't want to be disruptive. It's this both like this economic and sort of cultural oppression. Uh, and basically, okay, so this is what her lawyer says. Like by returning a verdict on Ms. Swift's counterclaim for a, a single symbolic dollar, the value of which is imme- immeasurable to all women in the situation, uh, you will tell every woman that no means no. So it's a really great precedent to set out there and say, hey, white man, grabbing my ass in front of your girlfriend, which is caught on film, uh, no bueno. And and she, Taylor Swift said, like, you know, I, I know that, like, I am in a very unique position, or you can't be very unique. I'm in a unique position where I can afford to, to fight this battle and win or lose, it's not going to affect me. And so it was such an important symbolic message. And then she said that she was going to donate money to um, to organizations that help um, fight these similar suits. Yeah. And it's not just it's not just that dollar when you think about it, because she also had to hire a lawyer and, you know, he wasn't cheap. Yeah. And so this is what the alt-right is fighting against, that they don't want this to happen. They and it's and I wouldn't say that like this guy, this this DJ was is not an alt-right guy, but it's that male mentality that is uh, part of our history. You know, like I w- watched this movie uh, the other day. It's called Columbus. It's um, a yeah, long story, but like uh, John Cho is looking at this wall uh, of all these names at, this, uni- at um, this university, I think. And it's just all white men. And, you know, you just look at it and you're like, wow, that's in stone. That's forever. And that's that's. Like you can, that is history, but it's also a symbol of like, oh, that's women were not given a voice. People of color were not given a voice, um, and it, it again, this is going to be a, another little diversion here. There was um, a, a day without a woman. That was a, a protest on March eighth. I, I don't think it was as big as the the other protest in uh, January. Um, but uh, no, it wasn't at all. But it was a, a symbolic sort of gesture that women would not go to work um, and refrain from spending from money to demonstrate their value to society. Uh, at this one talent agency, 
um, this assistant here in this is here in Hollywood. She said, uh, uh, let her boss know that she was going to um, stay home and write because she, her name's Rosette Larson. Um, and because she wanted to demonstrate solidarity to her sisters in arms. Um, the agent she works for texted uh, or sent back a note to the other people in the company, not realizing that he, well, I, I guess he just sent it to other people in the company. And he said, are you fucking kidding me? At the end of pilot season, someone should sew her vagina shut. I'm never hiring a girl ever again. And uh, his name's Michael Einfeld, who runs the Michael Einfeld Management um, Agency in Los Angeles. So he uh, then sent out a letter to his company saying, I apologize for venting like a misogynist faggot. Uh, misspelling. <laughs> I was letting off steam and I, I didn't mean to hit reply all. I'm an asshole. If you come back, we can play Nazi death camp. You can beat me and put me in the oven or feed me cabbage and lock me in the shower. I'm truly sorry. Uh, so, Jeez, if so, he had just thrown in something for Islam there and maybe something for Asians, he may have like hit the trifecta. Right. Well, I think he was referring to him being Jewish and Rosette. This was in re response to Rosette Larson just texting back, I quit. And so, um, yeah, so that she ended up posting on Facebook. And it it's this sort of uh, sense of entitlement that that men have and uh, I think white men have of just like I this is what I get to do. And I'm not saying that I don't say stupid things like that. Like, but I do it in, in with my friends, you know, I don't know. I, you just have to be, have like some, some sense of like decorum and, and like understanding like, Oh, like this is a hurtful thing to say. Like, like I, I guess, you know, when you joke with, amongst your friends or whatever, you say inappropriate things all the time. That's fun. Uh, but you don't do it in a workplace environment, you don't do it in public and you don't make it policy. You don't make it how you run your life. It's just something, it's an outburst of sorts. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and, and you know, the thing too is that uh, I still, I can't believe anyone feels uh, emboldened enough to, to grope a woman, let alone a, uh, a pop star, if you will. Cause I know I am, I am not a woman. I have never really been viewed as a piece of meat, or at least I've never been made yeah. to feel that I was. And, uh, you know, if I'm walking in the grocery store and somebody gets bumped, just bumps into me, I get offended, let alone grabbing uh, my ass. But I, you got to give her credit, like reports from, uh, the Taylor Swift thing coming out of the court. She basically held no punches. Uh, she's just like, no, oh. he had a handful of my bare ass. Right. No, she was, uh, yeah, she was really great. And I, and I think that this story and then Rosette Larson, like it, it just, we're in a world where all of a sudden people, and I, I say this about everybody, but specifically white men are, should get called. Everybody should get called on their shit. Definitely. Basically. And and that's what happened. And there are like like um, Darren said, there are consequences to your freedom of speech, and and um, this is this is a good thing. I think it there's going to there are, of course is is overreach. There's backlash. Like uh, 
and we need to it's we need to discuss this this is an ongoing sort of examination of this um society where we are recognizing uh the the our history of of oppression and uh misogyny and racism and and we're dealing with it well it's good yeah and i don't think we're ever going to have a resolution so far uh, as long as uh basically we have idiocy at the top that trickles down and that's where we are right now i'm you know, I, I I don't really go online and speak out against the president, and I try and, and talk in not really rhetorical questions, but I, I try and look at everything from both sides. But, you know, there's just a lot of nonsense that comes out of the White House right now. Like, for example, the travel ban. When there are all of these statistics that show that the amount of terrorism that it occurs on uh, American soil... Uh, is not perpetrated by people that are we're trying to block with this travel ban. You know, there's an underlying issue uh, when uh, we also try and limit uh, the uh, H-1B visa program, but at the same time we're cutting the funds on education. Because if, for, for those that don't know, uh, the majority of, of these visas that are given are out, given out, uh, especially from areas that the White House seems to be concerned about. Uh, produce a, a massive number of people that are very efficient and and thorough in the world of coding. And we live in a, an internet society. Every business uh, has to thrive on their online. So, you know, uh, when you have the white nationalists saying they're foreigners coming in and they're taking our jobs, no, they're taking jobs that Americans can't fulfill because they're not able to apply themselves at the same level to learn the proper coding techniques and get the job done. Right. And if the government's cutting funding on education, how are you going to further develop the people to fulfill those technical roles? You're not. So as I said, it's going to be very hard for us to work through these issues when basically idiocy trickles down from the top. Uh, I agree. I agree. And but and that's why I think the um, Trump being our president is a good thing. Uh, and, and I know that sounds terrible and it's, and it goes against every first part of the podcast I've done for the past six, uh, eight months. But like we are having these discussions that uh, we've given voice to the, this alt-right and then we actually they have to defend themselves and we have to actually discuss this and we have to show the people who are. Uh, complacent and in the middle like this is the part of america that you've just chosen to ignore like yeah. what 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 are you going to do do you want to do you want to uh make this country better well then you have to you have to actually step up and do something and call out the bullshit you know I, if you don't mind me uh switching off on a tangent marty i don't know if you mind uh, i'm all about the tangents I, I got more time if you do if not just shut me up but um so that's interesting it's an interesting takeaway well it's a good reason why the president's in office but you know, one of my biggest concerns going into this, and one of the reasons why I think the the Russia story isn't being told properly, you know, they're trying to find collusion with the campaign and all this jazz. When the real problem uh, with Russia's uh, meddling in our election came down to uh, basically, uh, if they wanted to get Trump in office, it may have been both to benefit Russia, but also to destabilize America in some ways. And here's the case in point. If you know you can help a buffoon get elected, then the rest of the world will perceive him for the buffoon that he is, and then the country 
as the uh, as you know being led by a buffoon. So they're up for buffoonery as well. And I bring this up because of uh, everything going on with North Korea. You know, there's a reason why North Korea feels it can do what it can right now because it does not view America as having a strong leader. You know, probably mm-hmm. view him as a redheaded clown. So, you know, I mean, it's it's definitely a scary time. And that was my major concern at first about Trump getting elected was that it would uh, – destabilize uh, the view of of the United States within the rest of the global community, which is exactly what we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I got concerns, man. And and this whole thing. Oh, yeah. We it, should be concerned. I, I mean, th- this is absolutely, uh, we should be terrified. Like, there, there like, are crazy things that are happening. And, like, I, uh, Congress has been very... Um, resistant to uh, a lot of his uh, Trump's more extreme things, but he can still do a lot of things. He can start a war. He can uh, um, in subtle things like what's going on when we were talking about all the, the racists in the, in the administration and all his defundings of, of education and other programs, including he defunded a, um, a group within the government that Obama started uh, in 2014 to, um, investigate white hate groups <laughs> there you go it's like oh you cut off the money then the white hate groups come out or i don't think it's there those things are uh, directly related but yeah like oh my like- gosh don't get me see marty you bring things up and then you get me started because uh, again so we have a president that can't speak out against the white nationalists in a timely manner or in a concise message and then when the uh, Russian government gets rid of a bunch of uh, of our diplomats or, or whatever it was, 73 of them or something, Trump praises them because, hey, good, yeah, we got these people off the payroll. We're trying to reduce our payroll. How is he trying to reduce a payroll when he's not even fully staffed? I don't get it. <laughs> Do you want to explain why he's not fully staffed? Be, uh, I, 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 I don't know why he's not fully. I mean, I don't know if you mean like he needs uh, one of those blue pills where he, where he like like the Justice Department is is there's tons of uh, positions that have not been filled. Oh, right? as well as the um, uh, uh, Rex Tillerson's the head of it. Oh, right. Right. The, uh, the uh, um, yes. The second the State Department. That's yeah. And it seems almost like they're 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 defunding it. So it's almost like they are are trying to turn down the government, if you will. But, you know, I think Trump Trump probably has a double edged sword where he's both trying not to fill roles and reduce government. But also he's probably having a heck of a time trying to find people that are willing to work for him. Right. Oh, yeah. No, I think so. Or at least quality people. Like, yeah, because the, the ones you see like on the airwaves, they just are not they don't make convincing arguments. And of course, I'm biased. I acknowledge that. But the, still, I need some intellectual honesty. And, and you don't get that from people like Kellyanne Conway. Oh, my gosh. You know, the, like one of the things that came out yesterday, and this is the part that bugs me the most, most uh, of the things that are popping into my head right now. I should add a qualifier because it's not what, you know, there are lots of things that bug me in life. I hate it when I step on one of my daughter's Legos. It hurts like hell. Uh, that bugs me, but it's not the I- most. Yeah, do, do you think somebody should come out with soft Legos? Like, you know, it would be nice if they were. But then again, the only way you could accomplish that is if they were a type of Newtonian liquid to where they're solid when impact. But that's not going to help me from stepping on them, so it's a no-win scenario. 
I think you mean a non-Newtonian fluid, right? Isn't that? No, Newtonian fluids get solid on as they get energy. The non-Newtonians uh, are just a regular liquid. Yeah, go ahead. Google it and prove me wrong. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, the thing that bugs me the most uh, is That's- the... A non-Newtonian fluid. Okay, whatever. never mind. The uh, f- I stand corrected. The uh, the, the thing that bugs. Right. Okay, we're done here. It's bound to again. Okay, we're done. Marty okay. wants to go Maybe out on a win. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the term fake news because it there is no. It's an oxymoron. You can't have fake news because if it's not if it's fake, then it's not. So it's not news. So it's not news. It's fiction. That's what we should call it. But but the other thing that really bugs me, and a, a key example is uh, Jim Acosta from CN Acosta. Pardon me, not a uh, going after uh, Trump after his statement yesterday. He's like, well, why don't we have a press conference? We just had a press conference. Well, why won't yeah. you answer more questions? Like because uh, I, I'll I, take questions from real news. You're fake news. Yeah, fake news. Why is it that the president sounds more like a mean girl in the quad at high school? When he's dealing with the press, you know what I mean? It's just it, the level of childishness kills me. And, and I wish the term fake news had never come around because every time he uses it, it just it aggravates me to no end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the takeaway from this is uh, be aware that there are protests this weekend and um and that you can counter protest and basically let's all be like taylor swift and not stand not let these things stand we must fight for them fight and that's that's why i'm uh, excited that trump is president because it gives us something to fight for um and and please if you're going to go out doing a counter protest against somebody make sure you're doing it in a very aware and safe fashion and and perhaps let's let's keep the two sides uh, away from each other as much as possible yeah if you engage with someone listen to them and ask them questions but don't you're not going to get anywhere by yelling or arguing um i have one more uh sort of story of white male uh white males being oppressed so this is ted nugent oh dear heavens yes who's famous (laughs) Famous rock and roller. Oh, he's and, more than that. He's a he's a famous hunter. You know, he, yeah. he got to go to the White House with Kid Rock. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Palin. Ooh. And he says that uh, his involvement in the NRA, the National Rifle Association, he said, that's the only reason I'm not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. To which David Crosby of Crosby, Stills and Nash and the Birds, both of which uh, are got him into the Hall of Fame. So he's a two-timer. He says, uh, when asked, like, um, if he thought that was why Ted Nugent wasn't in the Hall of Fame, and he says, uh, no, the asshole just isn't good enough. (laughs) I love that because that it's basically saying, hey, yeah, we're all about merit now, you know? Uh, And I can't say I know anything about um, Ted Nugent's music. And I I like the birds. I like CSNY. Um, I don't. I don't really know anything about Ted Nugent's. I mean, uh, was it Cheeseburger in Paradise? I think is one of his. Maybe. All right. Sounds good. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That's the sad thing. I. Well, it's not a sad thing. I guess. But I. Yeah. I'm not aware. Mm, uh, so, there's. Uh, we just got this uh, statement from Jane, who, who. There's an organization called No Red Button, and it's uh, a joint statement by former nuclear launch officers who basically they say that 
um, regarding the football or the red button that uh, the president, only the president can order a nuclear launch. That order cannot be vetoed. And once the missiles have been launched, they cannot be called back. The consequence of miscalculation, impulsive decision-making, or poor judgment on the part of the president could be catastrophic. So there, um, it is 20 different uh, men and women who were worked in these missile silos who uh, are asking that Trump, uh, Trump not be commander-in-chief. So yes, Jane, that is the downside of as much as I was saying that, that it's a good thing that Trump is in office. That is a huge downside, and uh, that is terrifying. And in the light of his de declarations of aggression towards North Korea and Venezuela, really? I, you know, I, I, and, and this is one of those things I have to be embarrassed. I don't know what's going on in Venezuela, but it's uh, just well, because I've been distracted a, by everything else. Yeah, no, the, uh, a dictator is is sort of taking power there the way that happened with Erdogan in Turkey where they did oh did and did Trump call to congratulate him as well no no oh yeah exactly no no now he's I guess the guy must have uh not uh friended him back on Facebook and so now he's he's like an enemy of the state uh well on to something let's talk about something more fun like I haven't caught up with you uh since March how have you been like tell me something that's interesting that's going on uh, in your world, whether it's consuming of uh, mass media or something fun going on in your life, because I should have come up with three softballs, but I was so consumed by what is going on um, uh, with this past weekend. It really has just been driving me to distraction because it, it just has upset me a lot. I, you know, uh, I got the, I got to, I have to tell you when the travel ban uh, first went into effect. I was the exact same way. Like I was consumed. It got to the point my family intervened and they said, you, you can't watch CNN anymore. You need to step away. I'm watching it in the shower. Like that's how bad it is. Um, I'm like that. Uh, do you remember that Best Buy commercial where the guy's like has a, um, a device with him everywhere and, and he's got a TV mounted in the shower? That was that's JP Manu, friend of mine. Um, ah. And you're taking his ideas and abusing yourself with over-information. That's good. Way to go, Marty. Yeah. Well, you know, I've got... <laughs> why do they make these iPhones and, and whatnot? Uh, IP67, whatever. Like, you know, like they, they make them waterproof for a reason, right? Masturbating in the shower. Masturbating in the shower. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this latest Samsung commercial shows dropping it in the pool. But And for me, that is my, my most real concern, doing maintenance work on the pool, falling in and losing my uh, losing my phone uh, to that. You know, not to mention just stupid water damage. So that's the reason why. And, you know, not to mention they want they don't want us to put their pretty phones in cases. But that's neither here nor there. Um, anything interesting going on with me? Not essentially. I got all caught up on uh, a season and a half of Brooklyn Nine-Nine recently and really enjoyed that. That's a very funny show. Do yeah. you know anyone involved with that? Because uh, I know, uh, didn't you guys have Joe Latru? Uh, I can never say his last name. Latrulio. Didn't you guys have him on Nooner once? Yes, he was incredibly hungover and uh, super funny, super nice. <laughs> Do you I, think that pain made him more funny? I, uh, you know, or funnier. You just, you go with what you got and, and everything is, is, you know, it's like, uh, it, it was an improv suggestion pain in my head. Um, and yeah, he's, he's a really funny guy, very nice guy. 
yes, he was on the show. Uh, that was when we used to do the show back in uh, in uh, the the mansion, um, Kevin's place. Yeah. Now- by the by the way, too, that's one of the things I don't think Nooner got enough credit for. There was the uh, the whole viral video experience of Kristen uh, Bell. Uh, just uh, losing her stuff over uh, a, a sloth. And you guys actually had the scoop on that story. We did. We did. She 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 came, she baked us, Kristen baked us chocolate chip cookies and like and then told us the story of the, the sloth. And we, it was the cutest thing ever. She was she's super fun. Um but yeah. Yeah, we were, you know, screw you, Alan. You, why are you poaching our stories? Yeah, exactly, man. Forget that. Um, also, uh, what else has been going? Actually, it's been very interesting from a, a podcaster uh, perspective, especially since, um, and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, but when it comes to the technical aspects of the Smodcast Network, I'm the party that's responsible. And I'm sure you've seen uh, in in the news uh, for the majority of, uh, well, not the majority of, but for the in the past month, there's been a lot of issues with SoundCloud, which is where uh, all of our shows are stored, hosted. Oh, are they? Oh, are they? Yes. Uh, so, SoundCloud is, and it's hosted for free. Is that correct? No. It well, you know, it, everybody has their own agreements with SoundCloud, but yeah, that's where all our audio files are, and it's like they're. I've I've now had two separate instances of of a minor fire drill going on uh, because of the news cycle. The first part was that they were uh, only had enough money to go for the quarter, and right. then and then uh, recently uh, they were getting an influx of cash, but that required an investor vote. So everyone was wondering if they if SoundCloud was going to be essentially shutting down uh, last uh, Friday. So you know the behind the scenes uh, for for other people, I don't know what it's like, but it's been like contingency planning and evaluating where we stand with the uh, quote-unquote catalog. Do we have all the files? Should they go away overnight? What's our backup plan? So so that's oh, been an interesting yeah. little fire drill that I'm sure if people have picked up on the SoundCloud news may have not even noticed. I mean, like I even know um, uh, other people in the community, podcast community, have reached out to me on Twitter and they're like, yeah, we moved to such and such because uh, we're just not going to deal with it. But then you've got other people like me I have I have a podcast of my own as well, Netheads on also on the Smodcast Network. Uh, but if you uh, if you go to like Netheads on Air, not a plug for the website, but not NetheadsOnAir.com, uh, I have all these WordPress entries that are uh, basically it's an encoding of the shows, but it's an embed from SoundCloud. So if the Smodcast Network were to move everything tomorrow, I've got all this content that quote unquote needs to be. I, I'm telling you right now, I'll just nuke the site and start over. <laughs> Because I'm not going to go back and correct all those entries. Right. That's a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they they received some last minute funding, 160 something million dollars, and they laid off a bunch of people. So they according to the outgoing CEO who was fired, he said um, that SoundCloud is here to stay. And possibly Uh, are. They tried to position themselves as the YouTube of music, uh, which. I don't understand because I thought YouTube was the YouTube of music, but um, that's uh, well. And all well, thankfully, you know, podcasting is now um, legal. You know, because there was that uh, that trademark dispute for the longest time. Uh, you know, like Adam Carolla um, had oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a, and that was 
that was uh, based on uh, these these wonderful people that are basically their their copyright or uh, their patent trolls. Yeah, right? patent trolls. That's what I'm looking for. So they'll buy a patent and then figure the ways they can monetize it. And one of them is to just go after people that might apply to the patent and and hope that you're not even hoping to win a case against them. You're just wanting them to settle with you. Right. Yeah, and this is a company called Personal Audio, which uh, was back in the 90s, like pre-internet. They had this idea of like sending out cassettes with, uh, with news uh, items on these cassettes that people could play and listen to, basically like a book on tape of a, like a news story or, or an audio magazine. And then basically the founder um, in uh, Jim Logan, he just said, uh, yeah, that that's what podcasts are. They're, they're totally infringing on my patent. And he's like a guy who, who had had a, a bunch of patents. And so he, he went after Adam Curry, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, the very first podcast was, uh, done by Adam Curry, Adam Curry, the father of uh, all podcasts. Yes. Yes. Um, actually he was, he was also the one behind the, uh, the development of the technology of using a, an RSS feed a, as an aggregate distribution method. He was one of the original VJs on MTV. As well, that is correct. Uh, but anyhow, th he was not actually sued. But Adam Carolla was, um, Mark Marin was, all the big names were all served with like, you know, cease and desist orders. And thanks to a lot of uh, grassroots fundraising um, by you listeners, uh, or thanks to you listeners and, and the EFF, the Electronic Fo uh, Frontier Foundation, they got, um, they fought it in court and it's now dead. So well, I'm glad to hear that. You know, the only thing that I uh, I, I feel I don't feel like as much of a rebel. I, you know, one I was doing this just because it was rebellious. Oh, you, was, you were you were the big pirate radio guy of a podcast. Yeah, my wife said I look like Christian Slater here by myself in front of a mic. You know, from uh, Pump Up the Volume. Oh, believe me, you don't have to. You don't have to preach to me the ways of Happy Harry with a heart on. <laughs> no, we're showing your age. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I saw that in the theaters. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it, it's interesting though. Uh, first of all, that that podcasting has gotten so big that somebody can hope to uh, to reap the benefits of, of patent trolling. Uh, but I was thinking about this the other day too, because you know my my podcasting history has been you know independent, independent, independent. Uh, started working for Kevin, got the benefit of having a show on his network, and then. You know, there was a, a peak, a, a high starting point, and there has then been a trickle off for us because we're like a fringe show. We're not, we're not, you know, a major part of the network. Kevin doesn't drop in on us anytime. Right, right. And I so, don't think if I saw Kevin on the street, he would not give me a second look. Uh, I wouldn't say that, Marty. You're a, you're a handsome man. I'd look at you twice. So, um, you know, and honestly, I, I, it might be the same for me as well. You never know. Um, so it's been interesting uh, to to see, one, that, that declination. But, you know, I, I expect it because it's, it's like there were a lot of people that may have subscribed just because it was something that Kevin was supporting. And then, you know, as it trickles off, you're only going to have the right people. But the thing I was thinking about is that now we have sort of come into the realm that that radio was in it, it, that we're all these smaller podcasts are kind of like kind of like the pri pirate radio stations and and the little guys because it really is a a market that is now dominated by names again and celebrities and repurposed content from PBS and NPR and and the like right 
I mean, how can how can how could I, having no name, arguably no talent, uh, but how could I put together a podcast and then hope to go up against like a Mark Marin or an Adam Carolla? I couldn't. I would never aggregate to that point. I think if you did an alt-right uh, podcast, you might get some listeners. So maybe yeah. we're doing it wrong. I, I guess the uh, best way to put it is I'm not willing to suck the devil's cock to get ratings. Yeah. Um, stuck, suck Steve Bannon's cock. He's doing that himself. That's true. Um, I am. That's why I'm really grateful to have this podcast and also to have you guys listening. And along those lines, uh, do you mind uh, sitting in for a little mail sack? We're going to dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Come on, get my hands in that mail sack. Yeah, that was great. I miss Dan. Yeah, Dan is, oh, Dan is in Vancouver, Danada. I'm, you know what? That's the thing, though. It, it, it's a double-edged sword. I, uh, I, I guess that's my buzz term for the day. I always overuse terms. Uh, but that is the one thing. I can't be mad at Dan not being here because I, I thoroughly love, especially this last season, I love iZombie. Yeah, and he directed two episodes this past season. That too. is very true. Believe me, I saw his name both times. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we couldn't be happier uh, for him and his success, but I know he would rather be in L.A. I think it's it's tough being away from your friends and family. Um, well, you know, one thing you might want to consider is just get him to like get him to the point where he can either use his phone or his laptop just to record Dan's thoughts for the week. And it's something you could just like drop in on the pod. If he had the time to spare it, like because between directing and producing a show, he has like no time. Uh, he could he could record it while on the can. Okay, come on. <laughs> we'll hear that like sort of uh, porcelain echo. You know, there you go. Uh, this one is uh, from Bruce in South Korea. He says, "Morning, Murps, um, Marty, Mickey, and everyone." Hearing your stories about terrible Asian stereotyped auditions was really interesting. Thinking about how few roles there are for people who look Asian, and uh. And the terrible feeling you felt after performing made me question how I'd react in such a circumstance. I predict the new show Confederacy, which is only in development. This is uh, by the uh, Game of Thrones people about um, an alternate future where uh, the South seceded um, and slavery pers uh, persists. It says, uh, I predict the new show Confederacy does not make it to TV because I can imagine how black actors would feel if the only roles possible were as slave uh, boy or slave girl. However, I must admit, I love sci-fi and time travel stories, so I cannot trash the idea. Well, here's what I, you do. You flip the script, so that way then everybody from Europe and everything else, they're the, they're the people of color, and it's the whites that are the slaves. Done. Done. All, that's your alternate future. Uh, I went to Seoul Comic Con last week and had a great time. The last con I attended was San Diego Comic Con. In 2015, and I really missed. I've really missed that large con energy, and was happy to feel Soul CC scratch that con itch. Um, have you? Do you go to any cons? Uh, generally, no, I don't. Uh, although my daughter has, uh, being my daughter, has an interest in certain um, sci-fi media. So. Mm -hmm. For example, if anyone from a Hunger Games movie were at a con that was local, uh, she would probably be inclined to have me take her to that. Uh, I may be going, actually, to San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con next year. Uh, but generally, no. And, and there's one coming up here in the San Francisco area as well. So, you know, I have no excuse. 
uh, yeah, I just don't like people. That's all. Well, um, you know, it's just it's uh, the it's cool when you can sit in on like the panels that you get access to because of your ticket, so you get to hear people talk. Uh, but you know, the rest of the monetization of it is a little depressing. Like if you want a picture with a celebrity, you got to buy a special package. Yeah, that that is a bummer. But you know, I guess these. Uh, Whoever played, um, you know, Lieutenant whatever from Space whatever needs to make a living. Marty, let me tell you something. I remember a day where you used to be able to go to a convention and it was in the lower levels of the hotel. You could walk up and you can get Major Barrett's signature for free. <laughs> and by the way, get off my lawn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that was back when you had cathode ray tubes and uh, VCRs. Is that right? It was the 80s. All right. <laughs> So Bruce goes on. There was one incident at the Seoul Comic Con, however, that marred the whole thing. I passed by the Dark Tower display. Uh, you, you a fan? Did you a Stephen King fan? Fan of the books. Fan of the books, but uh, not. I haven't seen the movie. Um, I only read the first one, and when I heard that he wrote himself into one of the books, I was like, I'm out. Um, did you get to that far? Yeah, I did. But that was also the point where it was uh, it was post-accident for Stephen King, and I think he was more focused on getting it, it the project finished than he was on the quality of it. Ah, well, I feel that way about a lot of books. Um, two actors were dressed, and he, he means Korean actors, were dressed to resemble the main characters, Matthew McConaughey's uh, Man in Black and Idris Elba's The Gunslinger. Unfortunately, the Idris Elba model had on blackface oh god i was worried about that the minute you brought this up yes my friend who is african-american and much bolder than i am scolded him but the kid didn't understand why she was so upset maybe it was a lot his lack of english but in korea uh they don't rec realize the implication or the history of such hateful depictions you'll see such ignorant displays in tv commercials and events like these constantly Overall, I'm glad Seoul has its own con and hope that enough people complain and make Stephen King realize that this is done in his name so it won't happen again. Um, yeah, and uh, he says, Mickey, don't worry about forgetting movie trailers. Maybe you've got a form of memory loss like in Memento and can only <laughs> recall stuff in reverse, or it's like 51st Dates and you're Drew Barrymore's character. Uh, how? Oh, by the way, so uh, he's a teacher, and he said that his, his student, who was trying to figure out where she wanted to go... Um, she had a free ride at Northeastern or could go to NYU and uh, she's a singer. And so she decided to pay full tuition at NYU. That's a great choice. I mean, it's an expensive choice, but boy, if she wants to be on Broadway, that's the place to be, uh, I would say. So that's great. Thank you for the update. Um, I think this goes back to what you were talking about, Will, about like people in cities are uh, American cities. They, are exposed to many more cultures and you're forced to be more not forced but you're invited to, to be more understanding about other cultures and thoughtful and because why would a, a korean person know about blackface or the, the the politics of blackface they don't they're not a very many black people in in uh in korea so i'd imagine not no so i understand like like why they they didn't and it good for your friend and best for her to to confront them that I don't know if I actually I don't know Bruce's race um but Bruce might be black but I think that having um being angry is good but then also understanding why they 
didn't see the problem and then educating them. Yeah, well, uh, you have to understand the context as well. And if somebody doesn't, you know, there's not it, it, there's not the same history in South Korea that there is in the United States. So it, blackface may not even be a thing, you know? Right. Well, I right. Well, a, a negative thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are tons of yeah. You can look online. There's 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 tons of examples of horrible blackface. Um, by Asians. I mean, Asian people are not the most culturally sensitive people because they're surrounded only by Asian people. So, um, and that's why they, you know, if, there are these uh, TV shows in China that have mil- tens of millions of viewers and they'll have like just white people, or like Americans off the street that they'll have and, and come and perform. Like there's a guy who does like Chinese opera and, and like just because it's so novel. And they're like, it's a bit minstrelly, but it's um, maybe it will lead to some more cultural uh, sensitivity. But I don't think it's it's a high priority there. Steve Owens, friend of the show, he says, uh, sorry, this is late, but I was eagerly awaiting the release of Atomic Blonde. Uh, I figured it would be like a girl born movie. I was not wrong. I enjoyed the shit out of it. I recommend it. OK, bye. I uh, had seen uh, there were several articles blog posts videos about why like women shouldn't have action movies because they, it just and they don't believe it what you know what i don't believe i don't believe keanu reeves killed 300 people in one movie and like you know got hit by cars multiple times and fell off buildings and and still managed to get engaged in like these crazy fights i still haven't seen uh, john wick oh it's the, they're fantastic but that's the whole point. It's, it's escapist. It's fun. Of course, he Keanu Reeves can't beat all these people. And he's got like knives sticking out of him and bleeding everywhere. And he's, you know, been shot a billion times but, but with a with his like special suit made of bulletproof, whatever. But like, so why is Atomic Blonde any different? You know, shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, uh, so anyhow, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, and oh, wait, I just oh. Uh, he sent me a DM saying that he sent me something. I just noticed that. Oh, oh. There well, you go. Uh, it didn't arrive yet. Um, no, he's always bugging. <laughs> I'm very slow to respond on on DMs. Well, you know, I uh, gotta say, Twitter doesn't do a very good job uh, of notifying us of them. Uh, I think maybe the late one of the latest uh, improvements on the Twitter app is the fact that 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 icon is displayed and you can see it a little more prominently. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I miss DMs all the time as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's what emails for. And he did email us, warning us that he sent something did not arrive yet. Hopefully, it'll, it'll be here next week, and we can open it then. Uh, but thank you, thank you. Uh, that was very generous of you, Steve. Uh, really nice guy, generous guy. Um, and he was he tweeted that he was at a, a party with a, a neurosurgeon like or something like that and a scientist and and then he's like oh hey i'm a window washer you know which is his business and that the weird coincidence is like a week before i was at a party and i was talking to my friend's a new boyfriend and he's like yeah i'm a window washer and i was <laughs> i should have been like oh really i'm friends with the window washer but i know a uh, window washer yeah but then you come off as the guy is like well i've got black friends my best friends are window washers. <laughs> uh, you don't want to get into that realm. I mean, not against window washers. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the funny thing is, like, they, that guy was super interesting. He's from New Zealand, and 
uh, best conversation I had at the party. So uh, thank you, Steve. Michael Binhock writes in, uh, I sent an email from the past that I wrote after Trump got elected. Maybe you can reflect on it now 10 months after. Um, he says, I don't know what to say. Uh, maybe hope for hope for the best, but ex expect the worst. Um, mission accomplished. Uh, when I look at pictures of Trump meeting with government officials and President Obama, he looks like a deer in the headlights. Being president will be way over his head, but I fear because of how I judge him, he will surround himself with brown nosers. If there's someone who will criticize him or his doing, the person will not be long there. I see many parallels with a coworker of mine and Trump. Only Trump is rich, uh, but both are talking shit. Uh, if you know him for a short period of time, he can be charming. But the longer you, you have to deal with him, the more you see the cracks in his facade. Um, he's making people depend on him. But if you criticize or reject his decisions, he will drop you like a hot potato and makes your life uh, a hell. Um, and I'm not talking about my coworker. That's trendy. That's true. That's exactly what he does. Now, with the media giving him a chance to be president, Christoph Baltz said in an interview on Austrian TV, uh, the things he said can't be unsaid. And if he's successful in doing what he announced in his campaign, it will be the end of the line. Um, that is wildly prescient. Um, mm -hmm. That you, you, you nailed it, Michael. That is exactly the president he became. And have you noticed uh, how miserable he also looks? Like anytime you see him at a press conference, it, like even if he's just sitting there, he looks like my grandfather that's being forced to sit through a family discussion. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, he doesn't. He he is so just thinking about when he can play golf next, which is probably what your grandfather did too. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, and just when he has to give these speeches, and then uh, it, it's he's the worst. He is, especially so. when it comes to reading uh, prepared messages that are printed out. I mean, is just you could you make it a little more obvious? You're looking down at the podium to your left to get all the words. It's like none of the speech is in his head at all. Right, right. And it's, and then when he gets something in his head um, and says it, like when he says the, you know, on all sides, on many, many sides, sides, many sides, many sides, he just like has this sense of gravitas because it's coming from within him. But <laughs> they're so ill-formed. Uh, fury and what is it like uh, when he's talking about North Korea they'll be hit with fire and f uh, fury oh. which which I misread it the way one newspaper printed it which was with fire and furry <laughs> that was the best um, Jonah Wilson writes in morning Marty and Will as you spoke about earlier I tried to re I tried to reach out to a Trump supporter I found in uh, Reddit ask Trump supporters uh, the subreddit um, who was uh, espousing some pretty heinous beliefs. He suggested that there be no social welfare, that orphans or other people in need of help should rely on charity or otherwise be left to die. I looked through this individual's post history and found that they posted primarily in depression and suicide forums. So I reached out just to listen. It's difficult to try to see both sides when any rational person wouldn't think that way. Um, in other news, I recently moved to Atlanta, Hotlanta, and this Friday I get to see Dave Made a Maze. Great show today. Keep ah. up the good. So that brings me to. Uh, for, I want to go back to what he said. Uh, well, okay, let's, let's let me just. Um, do you know who Lindy West is? She's no. a she's a, a blogger, a journalist, very very uh, good writer, uh, very sharp, and she's also somewhat of an activist. Uh, I think she's been 
she's been very outspoken about um, uh, women's rights uh, or uh, not women's rights. Well, yeah, like feminist uh, stories. And also she's um, very much uh, uh, outspoken against fat shaming. Um, and so she was trolled really badly by um, someone who actually found out that her father recently died, created a Twitter uh, handle in his name, and then would twi tweet hateful things at her. And, you know, just about how she needed to be raped and just uh, how she was fat and how her father would be ashamed of her and just the most heinous things you can think of. And uh, she found, uh, like, I forget what it was, but it, it, there's a great This American Life, but she engaged with this guy and then found out uh, much later that this guy actually reached out. I think he reached out to her and apologized and said that he was profoundly depressed and um, wanted, you know, was and finally got a girlfriend, got a better job and, and um, felt better about himself and just recognized his own depression and how that manifested into lashing out at her. And I think that's what Jonah's talking about here. And I think that's a lot of, the, it, it's that disaffectation that um, we've all felt and it manifests itself in various ways. I've played way too much, uh, uh, what's it called, um, Skyrim, you know, just like lost in, in a haze and like just drinking wine and playing Skyrim, that's what I'm doing. And then you see like, oh my God, I've played 80 hours in a month, you know, and like, what, what is wrong with me? And then there are the other people who are just like, well, I want to fuck with people. And th that's how they work, not work through, but that's how they, their depression manifests itself. Oh well, yeah. Cause it's like, I, I feel like crap and I don't want to be the only one. I'm going to make somebody else feel like crap to make myself feel better. Right. Right. And then when it doesn't, you just keep trying harder and then hopefully something changes um but uh oh hold on there's some tweets um oh yes darren was quick to point out that the hbo show is called confederate not confederacy thank you um dave made a maze is coming out this weekend and go to davemadeamaze.com and please if you if it's in your uh city if it's playing it's only playing in a handful of cities uh, if it's in your city, you should absolutely go see it in the theater. And if it's not, uh, you should do, do your best to see it or get it on iTunes. And uh, let me see. I think I have the full list of cities. Um, ah, crap. I should have. Uh, oh, it's playing in here in L.A., uh, a bunch of places. And um, oh, whatever. Whatever. Go look it up. That was look one hell you, of a plug, Marty. Use the internet better than me. And, and you are the plug uh, master. You can get it on iTunes. Uh, you can pre-buy it right now. And probably Google Play. Uh, Scott Weinberg of the Nerdist podcast, or uh, the Nerdist uh, website, gave it four and a half burritos out of five. Wow, that is really good. Yeah, yeah. And he basically just, he loved it. Uh, a lot of people love, love, loved it. Hollywood Reporter gave it a really good review, um, and yeah, you'll. It, it's a it's a really 
uh, impressive movie. And uh, here's what he says. He says, uh, as you're um, blah, 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 tucked away inside um, this likable indie comedy, you'll find some unexpected depth of character and bemused empathy. Um, stripped away, uh, strip away the openly silly trappings of Dave made a maze and, and purposely silly, by the way. And you'll have a movie that's actually about some pretty heavy subjects. So there, that's the best type of movies, a movie that can, can uh, entertain you and be silly and then also actually have something to say. Well, um, I've been so, eagerly awaiting it after hearing about it, so I, I can't wait to, to buy it on my iTunes more than likely. Even though I probably yeah. should look at like, uh, oh God, now I'm dating myself because I don't even know if Berkeley has any alt theaters anymore, but uh, it could be somewhere in Berkeley, Oakland, or San Francisco if I were to look it up. If I were to make a guess, it, potentially it could be. Uh, when you were doing that, you could have that, that could have been my cue to be like, oh, he's talking. I can look up Dave made a maze and I didn't. That's okay, man. It's all right. You know, I, I, I thought I would professionally vamp and it didn't work out. No, no, it's, it's not, not going to happen. I um, understand. It's your, it's, uh, Hey, it's your show, man. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's the listener's show and that's what they expect of me. Um, but no, you should see it. Nick Thune is great. And, um, really good cast. Oh, okay. Atlanta. Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, fuck Cleveland, Denver, yeah, uh, Gloucester, uh, Massachusetts, Kansas City, Missouri, Lambertville, New Jersey, uh, LA, 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 Monterey, Phoenix, San Francisco, hey. at the Roxy, Seattle, Toronto, Vancouver. That's a, you know, for a one like a, a no budget movie that's a giant release that so. really is and it sounds like they're hitting uh like art houses and the like which is exactly where you want to put them yeah you yeah. know and it, yeah so let us know send us a um a haiku review of dave made a maze if you see it okay then send it to us at noonerpodcast at gmail.com um and oh wait is that is that everything um uh, I was thinking back to that email. I haven't got back to Lindy West. Da, 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 da. Okay, yeah. Uh, do you see any movies? TV? Oh, you watched you watched Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's that's um last season you saw. I actually yeah. season and a half. I was I was behind a season and a half because I, I fell into this bad uh, trope where I said, well, all of these things are available on demand. Why am I overtasking? my DVR. I'll just go ahead and, and watch them on demand. And then because they're not on the DVR, they fall out of my mind and I don't watch them. <laughs> so right. it's a catch 22. Right. Well, Bill, Bill is, is in that show, you know, you got it. You probably saw him, um, fleetingly. And, um, but luckily he has that second career as a writer director. Uh, he can do it all that fucker. Mm hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, Have you? Did you? Uh, did you see the uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming? I did not. I, I I was pretty good about it. You know, the box office was down this summer, and they say that it's down because that the movies aren't haven't been very good. I don't know if I agree with that. In that case, uh, uh, you should have seen Spider-Man Homecoming because it, oh, it was just amazing. Oh really? Oh good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I finally bought. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and I would I didn't love it. I, I love really? the first one. I've seen it a billion times, but um, I just thought it was the things about it. 
that I found the things I found charming in the first one they did like twice as often in the new one and it it felt like a little bit pushed I thought um, it was I thought I for me Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 it felt a lot more balanced than the first one I liked that when it came to the writing it seemed like almost no element that was spoken or used went wasted it always came back around uh, and there's many examples of this in the mu movie. If you listen to the dialogue that happens in the first parts, there's almost always a payoff in the second part. But then again, I also really dug the music again. Um, uh, I didn't really pick up on on the uh, reused tropes so much. I just uh, I really got a lot out of it. I mean, I've watched it three times since I bought it for home from home video or, or for digital. Do you do you buy DVDs or Blu-rays anymore? Or do you just get Yes, I do. And the reason why is because I have, like, for example, I, I'm probably one of the few people that has gotten away with returning uh, digital video purchases to Amazon Video because either it's part of their encoding process, but there's pixelation, uh, you know, and sometimes your bandwidth isn't as strong. I do like having a Blu-ray. Case in point, uh, the, the digital purchase I made before this one was uh, the Lego Batman movie. But I did that by purchasing it through Walmart slash Vudu so I could watch it immediately on digital knowing right. I would get a Blu-ray DVD further down the line. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I like having media. I like having something in hand. And you get the extras too. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, that's the one thing they did do because it was the same with the original Lego movie, which is why I thought of it because uh, I purchased it that way. We were in uh, Texas for the adoption of my youngest daughter, and it was like, oh, let's let's get the Lego movie and entertain ourselves in the hotel room while we're trapped here. Um, and uh, and they did that. They not only give you the movie, but they also give you all the extras. And I think that's oh. through the Voodoo service. Oh, all right. Uh, this episode brought to you by Voodoo. Voodoo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I liked Wonder Woman a lot. I liked... Uh, I liked uh, Baby Driver. I loved The Big Sick. You know, um, you know what's funny is, and oh god, I still need to see The Big Sick. I no, it's it's great. I but I haven't seen War of the Planet, War for the Planet of the Apes. It just seems like so heavy and humorless. That um, one, I, I got to admit, I'm with you on that. I'm waiting for that one to come home, like because uh, the other movies have have told a story. And they've told it really well, but we know that in order for this story to come to fruition, I mean, we're talking about the planet of the apes. So it doesn't bode well for people. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of know where it ends. And and then all of a sudden, like at the end of War for Planet of the Apes, their makeup looks really bad. And all of a sudden, they don't look like digital things. They look like uh, humans wearing uh, coconut, uh, half coconuts on their mouths. Yeah, that's what eventually happened. Well, because, you know, it's evolution in reverse kind of. Um, you know, I have to say one little uh, funny aside is the fact that the last movie I saw in the theater was actually Wonder Woman. And I've seen Spider-Man Homecoming. So that kind of tells you Wonder Woman had some really, uh, this sounds wrong, but Wonder Woman really had some long legs, cinematically speaking, because... We're it came out like in May, and I was still able to go to a theater and see it in July, and it wasn't a second-run house. Right. Well, that's great. I, I, I'm so excited about uh, that franchise. I think it, it's, it was solid. Did your daughter enjoy it? Actually, I went to my daughter hasn't seen it yet. I went to go see it with my wife, who did. She loved it. She came out saying both that uh, she thought it was the best superhero movie she'd seen, and she had a crush on Wonder Woman. 
Oh, well, of course. Who, who could blame her? Uh, but don't you think your daughter would enjoy it? I do, but that was the it was the thing where I knew it was set in World War One, so I wanted to see what extent that would uh, be, uh, you know, uh, violence wise and the like. Which I don't know why. I've she's seen the Hunger Games, so I was gonna say I was gonna say that there is some pretty graphic violence in that in those movies. Yeah, there are. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I just uh, also at the time when I took my wife, my my eldest daughter was babysitting the youngest daughter, so <laughs> that's the reason why my oldest got stiffed. Uh, I haven't seen Dunkirk again. Doesn't look. I mean, we got enough look, shit. We get, look. You know, I, honestly, I didn't sleep well last night because I was wondering if we were going to be having issues uh, or, or missiles with North Korea this morning. I, I don't need yeah. to see Dunkirk right now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, but no, there's a lot to catch up on, and it's it's uh, as you get older, it's harder to see more movies and um. But there's some good ones coming out. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to it as much as I hated the book. Um, and there's a new Starship Troopers coming out. I read about That's- that. I don't know if it's theatrical or digital, but uh, yeah, there's a new Starship Troopers coming out. Of course, we got Thor Ragnarok coming up. We got oh, the next true. Star Wars movie. There's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if um, if the the new one Starship Troopers is going to be. Um, in in theaters or not but i'll i I don't know no because you know what i'm not going to see it because uh what's his name um paul verhoeven has is not involved in it and that's That's like the whole why the movie was so good well and i love that i you know the thing about that movie is uh i i really should go back and rewatch it now because uh that was the the one interesting commentary about the that movie that i i don't know if a lot of people picked up on but like it was it was it had a very heavy-handed commentary on propaganda yeah yeah especially state-run propaganda people don't watch commentaries anymore and or because of the whole digital thing well unless you go to voodoo.com yeah slap a nooner podcast and uh, help (laughs) us that's a good plug see that's what you do marty (laughs) just slide it right in there yeah um yeah i he's a really subversive director he's one of my favorites um and he just does such a good job of playing with very difficult subjects like propaganda because you get excited about neil patrick harris like you know cracking the mind of this monster and you're like everybody's cheering and it's like a a high point of the movie but it's there's so much irony it weighted in there because it's a it's about the nazis winning basically Mm -hmm. you know yeah, uh, right. To, right down to his outfit that he has at the end. Yeah, it's just like yeah. I mean, may, not, may as well had an armband that said SS right on there. Yeah, it's not subtle at all, but still, he's trying to get us to cheer for for Neil Patrick Harris, which we all should because that's the American thing to do. He is an American treasure. Uh, all right, I think we're at time. Um, yes, sir. We got things to do. Um, yeah, you have anything you want to plug? You you have uh, netheads. Yeah, off, that's it. Reg- are you guys doing it? Uh, it seems like it's every other week now. Uh, but that's just because as we get older, we have lives. Like this weekend, I I was at nothing but family barbecues and parties, and Trent went to I think Montana. So you know, we all have lives. But yeah, if you want to, it's just netheads on air dot com or smodcast dot com. Netheads and- is there, and if you uh, aren't a 
subscriber of Babelvision and you like Hollywood Babylon, I'd encourage you to at least check that out. Very good. And uh, if you want, I'm going to be um, sitting at a coffee house in like half an hour and uh, pretending to work, but actually watching CNN talking heads um, as part of my art. You probably so. shouldn't admit that in a public venue. I'm just saying. Oh, all right. Uh, well, I, I think I already talked about how I masturbate in the shower while watching CNN. <laughs> <laughs> as one does. As one does. No judgment. But uh, in the meanwhile, hopefully we'll have uh, more people next week. But uh, Will, it's always, always a pleasure having you on, on the air. Uh, we have great discussions. Uh, someday we'll meet in person. Come down to L.A. Um, and uh, and we'll have you over if you if if you're so inclined. Uh, but you jumped in at the last second, saved my my bacon, and hopefully Steve will be back. Mickey will be back. We'll try to work out some weekend things if that's okay with you, Will. So we oh, can have Cassandra back um, while she's uh, doing school stuff. And most importantly, everybody better go fucking watch uh, Dave Made a Maze. Tweet, tweet at Bill Twatterson, that's Tweeterson, sir, uh, to let him know. And then send us your haiku review. That's 575 in the syllabic uh, uh, count. And let us know what your review is. And we will see you next Tuesday. If that fuck. If that fuck. If that fuck. If that fuck. If that fuck, 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 This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.